All right, welcome back to another episode of the Belfast Ballers. I'm joined, as always, by Michael. Hello. And Craig. Buongiorno. Uh, I didn't know you spoke Italian, Craig. <laughs> I thought it was Spanish. <laughs> nice. Bad, bad start to this, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we'll, we'll get stuck in there. We do the, the wee quick question of the week, which I sort of thought, getting closer to the season, so you're starting to get some teams forming uh, their sort of squads together after the draft and getting some training camps going. So I thought I'd ask you, folks, who is your dark horse team to win the Super Bowl this year? Now, typically I do this every year. I set a stipulation of you're not allowed to pick a team that is 16 to 1 or higher on Sky Bet odds. Um, hashtag not a sponsor. Um, but the, yeah, so like just basically any team that's below the 16 to 1 odds as a dark horse um, so Michael do you have a dark horse team that you think could win the Super Bowl this year yeah the uh, Kansas City Chiefs for me <laughs> no, um, that's a very bold claim no the my dark horse are the Arizona Cardinals I think they're kind of booming about now obviously they're in arguably the most competitive division in the whole uh, league but mm-hmm. I just think they've shelled out this off season, they got uh JJ Watt, James Connor, AJ Green, also Malcolm Butler, didn't they? Uh, yeah. and they drafted a linebacker in the first round, and they've got uh, they traded for another O lineman. So, I think they're going boomer bust. I think offensively, they were nearly there last year. It's just defensively, if they can um get a bit more consistency because they took out some big old teams last year and they've got the the fire part to do it, they've got the stars to do it. Is Kingsbury a good enough coach? Arguably not. But I think they're the ones to watch. They're exciting anyway. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. I do do agree with what you're saying in terms of defensively. Just, but with with the additions that you mentioned there, um, then if they step up that side of the ball, then offensively they're always going to score points with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins there. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, I mean James Connors an interesting one at running back. See, he was, he was all right. He was fairly productive last year for the Steelers. So yeah, I mean the Cardinals always seem to have a, a relatively strong rushing game uh, but it's just a matter of who's going to be that sort of main guy they've never really had someone who's the main guy so yeah it's, it's quite difficult Nick Connor obviously is made of paper basically so yeah. he's always out with an injury of some sorts what about yourself Craig who's your dark horse for next year going for the Tennessee Titans who are currently 25 to 1 their, their defence is okay could obviously be better but with Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, and now Julio Jones in the offense, in an easy division as well. Like Jags are still building, and Texans are just god awful. So they're going to make the playoffs, and the AFC is just normally the easier quality of conference anyway. So they've got a quote-unquote easier run to the Super Bowl to make the playoffs. Their division there is probably the the strongest point for them because it's just them, the Colts, really at the minute. Yeah. So can't really see anyone else can competing for that. Um, well, my dark horse for this year is probably going to be the New England Patriots. I think they were there's a 17th favorite at the minute. But what I think a lot of people are, are forgetting is that half their team effectively opted out because of COVID last year. And it was the first year of having Cam Newton. And I mean, you're basically going from Tom Brady to Cam Newton. You can't really get 
more drastic of a change at quarterback uh, for someone like Bill Belichick, especially after barely being there for, what, 20, near 20 years. Um, so I, I think the Patriots will really come back strong. With a, they've got a strong defense this year, strong offensive line. They've been getting loads of weapons in in the offseason. Um, and they've still got Belichick as coach. And their division is not the hardest. I mean, they're going to beat the Jets twice every year almost. The Bills have obviously, I think Bills still win the division, but I do think the Patriots can uh, can sneak through. And if they get a playoffs, they're always a good playoff team. It's not a bad shoot. It's not a bad, as you said, in a one on one meeting, you would never want to play them. Um, and who do you think will start a quarterback? Oh, it's Cam Newton. Well, it's Cam for a while anyway. I assume the season, but. Yeah, like it's hard to say what will happen this year because he obviously wasn't great. But I mean, I think it's 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 also if you look at it from Cam's point of view, going into assistance, being there for twenty years, he was always going to struggle with that as well, uh, as well as the Patriots struggling to adjust to Cam. So, I, I do think there's, there's a good chance for it next year. We'll get into our, our main segment anyway. So this this uh, episode, what we're going to be doing is talking about our uh, bust players for the upcoming season. Now, this can probably mean a few things in terms of. Yes, it could be players that uh, are just going to have a horrible year and we just don't have any faith in. Or it could also be a player who we're just thinking is drafted way too high for how good they're actually going to do. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll get stuck into our busts for next year. Um, Craig, do you want to start us off? Uh, just pick whatever position you want and tell me your bust from that position. Yeah, I'll start off with the quarterback, and I'm going for Jalen Hurts, who is currently ranked as the QB9. Truth be told, I'm just struggling to trust any Eagles player for fantasy, but for Hurts in particular, he has no established target, really. Dallas Goddard's the most secure one there at the moment, the tight end, he's fine. But when you look at his receivers, Jalen Rager, okay, missed games last year, but he wasn't productive when he was on the field. And then Devonta Smith, yes, he's supposed to be good, whatever, but can you really put that much faith in the rookie wide receiver? Obviously, Justin Jefferson proved you can last year, but that could be more of an outlier than anything. It's funny because I actually, I nearly went, I agree with you, I don't, I don't think Hurts is up to much. Ninth, is he right ninth in the NFL? Yeah, yeah. 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 No well, for fantasy good. next year, according to drafts, that's where he's absolutely well. That's probably because he's good in his legs, isn't he? But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he um is. I nearly funny. I nearly it was too risky because he's Heisman winner, but I nearly put uh, Devontae Smith as a receiver bust because I just don't think Hurts will be productive enough, and I don't think that offense will be in any way productive, which might hurt Smith. But he's probably a good enough player to still have reasonable numbers, but um. No, I think that's a good show. I don't think he's certainly not a franchise quarterback, is he? No, I can't I, tell. I, like he's only had four games as a starter, but yeah, like, like I, I did value Carson Wentz. I thought Carson Wentz was a good quarterback, and he was he was a good passing quarterback and struggled with those weapons. So I just can't see how Hurts can really you, you're you're realistically just relying on his rushing ability to get you a safe floor each week. I think. Yeah, like everyone makes a big deal about how Lamar Jackson can't throw the ball. Well, in the four games that Jalen Hurts was the starter, he threw it more than I was expecting. He threw it 33 times a game on average. Well, that was with a 52% completion rate. Lamar Jackson had 64 last season. Um, Fair enough shout uh, for, for Jalen Hurts. I, I, I agree with Michael as well. I just, I'm not, I, I buy into that. I just don't think he's going to be that great next year. 
And then I also compared him to Lamar and Cam last year in the four games that he did start. Obviously, his first in rushing attempts, Lamar was second, Cam was third in completions. He was still ahead of all of them, but they were all very close. Like Their stats are very similar. So, yes, his ceiling could be Lamar Jackson, but it could also be a Cam Newton of last year. And you said, Bradley, like he wasn't great. Like he finished QB 16 last year. And he had some games where he got minus points. He had not point eight. One eight points, I think, in one game. So, yes, he could be Lamar, but if he's calm last year, he could really kill you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Definitely, definitely agree with that. What about you, Michael? Who's your quarterback bus for next year? Um, Zach Wilson. Because, well, I mean, again, it's with my very, 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 very limited knowledge of Zach Wilson's high school career, having watched a total sum of zero live games. Uh, it's not the most educated pick, but I just think he seems to be given the given his numbers last year in a very very easy conference at BYU. He seemed to be a huge reach at two. Mm-hmm. He's gone into an organization which is just absolute a, a, a catastrophe. Like it's the 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 ownership is insane. Uh, I think Justin Fields and Trey Lance and Mac Jones getting kind of tanking a wee bit in the draft stock is probably one of the biggest blessings that could happen to the three of them because he's gone into a very, very dysfunctional franchise with no real star receivers or weapons. I mean, there's a couple of decent ones there, but there's none of them that are going to put a game on their back. Rookie quarterback, quite small for a QB. Didn't play at particularly high level in college. Uh, and given the other quarterbacks around him and their respective CVs and in college that were drafted in the first round. <clears throat> he seems to be the one that's least inspiring to me. And through all, what, how many years? He had three years or three, yeah, three years Sam Donald was there. He wasn't that productive, but he also wasn't awful. He certainly wasn't the problem and the reason the Jets were failing. I'm not convinced that Wilson is a different level to Donald. No, I mean, I, I'm definitely, I'm big, I'm big fan of Darnold. Uh, I always sort of thought he was keep, very capable. I'm, I'm very excited to see what he can do at Carolina now. But I fully agree. Like, if Darnold couldn't do it, I just don't see how Wilson's going to possibly do it. I mean, happy to be proven wrong, but uh, I think that's a, a good shout for it. Thanks very much. <laughs> All right, well, we'll go on to my quarterback bust, which I know Craig is going to absolutely despise because he's a big fan. No, you're, you're entitled to your own opinion. It's fine. Like, you're wrong, but you're entitled to your own opinion. <laughs> I mean, you just jumped on bandwagon anyway, but we'll not get Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Um, but, ladies, ladies. <laughs> my quarterback bust is Justin Herbert. So, I know this is going to be a bit of a surprise, maybe, because, I mean, he had an incredible year last year. Like, to be, to be handed a starting job within... I think it was like an hour before the game in week two, and then go on to break like so many rookie records in his first season, um, as well as not having any um, of the off season or uh, any any sort of familiarization with the team. I think he had an incredible, incredible year. There, there is some sort of downside points as well. Like he he did have eight games inside the top ten, which is great, but a lot of those games were against bottom ranked defenses in. Uh, in the league, which I, th- I think it, it just sort of shows that he is can he do it against sort of bigger teams if he was to play to it. I think it's a second year for teams to kind of work him out as well. Uh, and then one of the key things that I did see as well 
with this was that Austin Eckler it missed a lot of last year. Uh, I think he only played eight games last year. So I think the Chargers will be able to establish a better running game with Austin Eckler being back. And what I noted was that in the eight games that Austin Eckler played, Justin Herbert finished inside the top 10 just once out of those eight games. Um, and his other finishes those weeks were 13, 19, 14, 30, 17, uh, his top 10 of six, and then 19. So I think Austin Eckler coming back actually is going to be very detrimental to him. Um, that being said, there is other points. Like they've got Jared Cook in now. Could be a good target. Is he better than Hunter Henry? I don't know. Um, but they've also upgraded their offensive line, which will give him more time in the pocket. But I just think his current draft ADP, sort of mid-eighth round, I think there's a lot of other quarterbacks I'll be going for around there. Oh, look, let's be very clear. It's an absolutely horrible take. Is, <laughs> this, is, this, is, uh, this is the worst thing you've ever said, perhaps. <laughs> They're talking about the rookie of the year who was put into it in the most difficult season in, ever in the history of the NFL. With oh, no, no with no training camp. Well, clearly you don't agree because you put him down for your boss. No, no, no. I, I, I agree that he, he's definitely, he came in and did an incredible thing. And as you say, probably the hardest year for any rookie to be coming into the league. But I think that being said, he finished with the most passing attempts, fourth most passing attempts in the league. Um, and he's got a new coach coming in who's a defensive-minded coach. Um and once they have, they had a lot of uh, defensive injuries last year, so I think they'll not be throwing it as much, and his passing attempts will dip. Uh, and he's also he's not exactly a rushing quarterback. Um, whereas the likes of Jalen Hurts, while I don't like him, he's always going to have a safe floor in terms of his rushing. But Ju- Justin Herbert doesn't seem to add as much of that. No, I'm, I'm okay. Everyone's entitled to their own opinions. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll see how it pans out. Yeah, I knew it was a hot take, and I knew Craig certainly wouldn't like it, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. Craig, do you want to go into our next position? Probably just go running back here. Yeah, running back. And I've gone for... This is the one I'm actually least confident in. But it's Jonathan Taylor. I I don't know what else. Like, Marlon Mack coming back. It's not really going to affect him, is it? But it is going to take time from him on the field. Surely. Even if it is little. Only, what, 5% snaps a game. It still snaps. And Hines is obviously still going to get the bulk of the reception work at running back. But the main reason, I just have a little, not a lack of faith, that he's still going to be good. But there's his running backs that are currently ranked behind him that I think will finish ahead of him. And fantasy, like Seek is currently ranked behind him. And he will finish top 10 last year still after having a down year. So if he bounces back, he'll finish ahead of him. Bradley, as you said, Eckler coming back. If he has a full year, he could finish ahead of him. I'm a fan of Cam Akers. He could finish ahead of him. And Mixon as well. People forget that he's actually good at football. If only he could stay on the field. Exactly. But like, there's four running backs that could potentially finish ahead of Jonathan Taylor if they all play 16 games, 17 games this year. So I think they don't have much more to say about it. It's the same. Not confident in what of said, but he is the one that stood out. If it in the top 10 running backs, he is the one that stood out for me. Yeah, I mean, I think there is there is a chance there. I think uh, with Naeem Hines being there, Naeem Hines, I think he finished as like a top 15 running back last year as well. I think uh, he's just outside the top 15. Yeah, with just outside, but he's, he's still very relevant. He's going to be taking all those receptions away from Taylor. So I think it is very reliant on just that ground game, the running game. 
What's your thoughts on that, Michael? Yeah, I don't. It's, it's, again, it's not a um, hard to tell how that offense is going to work. Um, but he's he had a good rookie year. It's it's just difficult to call. I mean, it's difficult to call anyone who had a good year in bus because you're asking to protect something that goes off trend, isn't it? I know. Yeah. Yeah. As, as I say, he could still finish as a tenth yeah. running back yeah. next year, exactly. but yeah. like he's currently going like seventh, eighth pick in a draft. Well, yeah, no, it's probably like it's a lot of draft capital. I mean, uh, just how does that offense work with Wentz? Wentz obviously is not known for his work with his legs, so you imagine he'll have quite a lot of. Uh, Carries coming his way anyway. They've got a decent O line. I think he'll probably have another decent year, but it's not as nearly as offensive as Justin Herbert. <laughs> I, might, I, might, I, might double, me, you know? I might double down in this and just say like he's going to be absolute trash this year. He's going to be awful. Not even top twenty. They're going to get Tyrod Taylor. I think he's going to take it. Yeah, massive bust outside the top twenty. I'll drop Derek Carr over uh, Justin Herbert. Yeah. All right. Well, Mike, we'll go on to your running back since uh, Craig has kind of alluded to it there. So I'll be interested to see what you're taking uh, and saying you would take that guy over Taylor. Oh, yes. Uh, Zeke. Zeke Elliott is mine. I just. No, he did actually have a decent fantasy year at the end yesterday. Last year, sorry. But um, he just he went missing in all the big games when you needed them to stand up and have a big game. Went missing. He also it's just his body language, or if um, he uh, does have an attitude problem, but he just seems entirely petulant. Uh, and you do get the feeling that every year Dallas don't win and don't really us more recently. He just more and more disinterested. Uh, he he's such an explosive back that it's hard to see his body holding up forever. Obviously, they usually have quite a short shelf life. So I wouldn't be surprised if he continued. I mean, he's what, for the last few years anyway, it's been him and Saquon have been two and three behind McCaffrey. Um, yeah. I don't see him up there anymore. Maybe top. No, I don't, think, I don't see him finishing top three. Either, no, I see maybe top 10, maybe top 15, but top, ten, top three, not for me. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that will come down to also just Dak being there and how he sort of recovers. Like, they've got three good receivers now, uh, and Dak just Dak's throwing the ball so much, so they're not really as reliant on Zeke compared to what they were maybe two years ago. Yes, yeah. No, it's not. Uh, it's not. I don't think he's no. He's no longer the stud he was in his opening two years. No, definitely those those first few years of Zeke was just insane. But yeah, as you say, I think. He still did well last year, but I don't think you. I think you were frustrated. Even yeah, yeah. it was that. one of those quietly good years. As Michael said, the games that he didn't show up in it hurt you, but the games he did show up in, you sort of forgot about it. But there's not even to be made that the Cowboys were just in turmoil last year. Like what, four or five different quarterbacks to play? Yeah, yeah, and the whole thing with Dak's contract. Um, yeah, so, and Dak's injury. It was um, they're they're aware again. Another just they're, they're, they're a very weird thing. They have everything. Yeah, they they should they should be making playoffs. But if you say they haven't, yeah, yeah. Like last year, you could say it's because Dak wasn't there, but they have everything else. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see them this year if, if Dak does stay healthy. But it, this just depends how he recovers from that that like horrific injury. 
So. I, well, I'll go in the in the my running back spot tonight, which is uh, Michael mentioned him, Saquon Barkley. Uh, he's currently going as the fourth player off uh, draft boards for next season. Uh, so, I mean, mine, a lot of mine is just based around the fact that injuries are starting to play a huge factor on. Like, I'm not going to draft him in the first round with him only playing, I think, uh, I think he's missed the combined 17 games in the last two seasons and only played one full game last year. And in saying that, yes, he can come back and be strong. But the Giants have the worst offensive line going in the next year as well. So like he's just he's still not going to get any protection whatsoever. Um saying that in the games he was active, which I think was fifteen in the last two years, he has averaged around seventeen fantasy points a game, which I think was was ranked by eighth in the position. Um but the the offense is just generally terrible. They're always losing games, so they're not going to be running the ball. Uh, they have added some weapons like Kenny Galladay. I don't think that'll be too much of a factor. Um, but the other thing I did notice as well was his schedule next year is the toughest for running backs in the league. Um, so he's just I just don't think he's going to get any production in that offense behind that offensive line. And yeah, just the injury being a massive, massive risk as well. Uh, and one thing I did notice was as well that his first year in the league was with Eli Manning, where he finished as running back too. Now, Eli Manning is not the most mobile quarterback, so all of that was going to Barkley. Whereas since it's been Daniel Jones, who is a bit more mobile, he just hasn't had the same production being there. So I think Daniel Jones is taking away a wee bit from him. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. I mean, as you said, it mainly comes down to the fact that he's missed all of last season, what ended like, up for the season early in the second week. So, I don't know. I don't. Was it an ACL? Yeah, I think I think it was a few things, but yeah, it was the ACL was the main. Uh, a, how do you get back from that? B, yeah. it's a different team to what it is now. Interestingly, the Giants, as opposed to some of the other players we mentioned, the Giants are a team on the up. In his absence, they actually probably improved their stock. They kind of got their act together towards the second half of last year, and looked, if not dazzling, then somewhat competent. Um, if Saquon goes back into that team because he's on their star uh, back, obviously, does he change the dynamic and upset the rhythm that they got into in the second half of last year? Probably does, to be fair, yeah, because they will want to run their offense through him. He is their guy at the end of the day. Then again, you're spending big money on Galladay as well. Well, exactly. I think they're they're really trying to get some weapons for Daniel Jones to kind of see if he can do it this year. And then if he can't, they'll probably have to move on. Uh, just accept he's not the guy. But I think my main thing is that there is other running backs who are going behind him who are less risky and also just as productive. For example, like the, the guy I love who is in your dynasty team, Michael, is Nick Chubb, who's oh, going seventh. He's and, so good. Like he finished, he's finishing top ten despite playing with Kareem Hunt. Yeah, like he's yeah, yeah. producing and producing, and yet he's not getting the respect to his name. Whereas Barkley, out for a year injured, playing for the one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the NFL, and he's being drafted as a fourth running back. I just, I just don't doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. That's because you say the history every like he's what averaging seventeen points a game in fantasy any time he has played. But it gets to a stage where you just can't rely on the history of a running back anymore and you have to try and figure out are they actually just going to be worthwhile drafting at that position. All right, well, we'll move on to our wide receivers. Craig, do you want to go through your bust? 
Yep, I'm going for Mike Evans, who is currently ranked as the 13th receiver in fantasy and going in the early third round, according to ADP. Like last year, he finished wide receiver 11, so it's ahead of where he actually is ranked now. But that was with getting 13 touchdowns, so that's likely to fall. In all fairness, he is averaging nine touchdowns a season, which is still fine. But if he posted the exact same numbers as he did last year with four less touchdowns, he would have finished as the wide receiver 18. Plus, last season was his lowest ever total for targets with 109. And that was with Galladay missing a few games, Antonio Brown being suspended until week nine, and OJ Howard being out from week five. When is OJ Howard not out from week five? No, I know, I get that. But there's obviously Gronk and all still there. Ronald Jones will get some receptions. Poor net. Yeah, no, you're right. So it's just there's a lot of mice to feed there. So I can't see him getting 100 targets next year. And that will then eat into it. Like, obviously, the saying is he always gets a thousand yards. I think he only got about 20 yards over that this year or something, or last year. So I think think he'll struggle with that. In an offense that deep, they don't necessarily need him to be a stud, do they? They just need him to play his part. They just need him to be there, yeah. Like, how many games last year did he only get like 40 yards with two touchdowns? Exactly. I don't even exactly. think there was 40 yards. I think there was I yeah, think some games there got one yard or like exactly. two yards and two touchdowns. And it's like you really can't rely on those weeks. Like, just if, if he hadn't have got those touchdowns, you'd be getting one or two yards a week. And it's just like it's not reliable. Yeah, he's, he's another one at the end of the season. You'll look at it and he will be okay. But there's those, there's going to be those weeks where he gets no yards, no touchdowns, just nothing. Because there's just too many mice to feed there. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. I think he's not the force he was two years ago when it was James Winston and basically him and Chris Godwin. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that was definitely a very, uh, very good year. Like just watching just Winston just throw the ball. Just oh. I mean, half the time it was an interception, but you know, whenever it wasn't, it was great. I had it was my quarterback and it was a ride. It was a real. Uh... It was a real ride. It was he got like five hundred yards a game, but also like ten interceptions a game. So yeah, really, really nuts. Off. Swings around but the interceptions never really hurt you because he's also getting you twelve touchdowns. So. Yeah, no, exactly. It, it, it evened out to a decent score, but it was just insane. It was just so unsettling to watch him. <laughs> All right, well, Michael, do you want to go into your wide receiver bust then? Mine is uh, Michael Thomas. I think, again, another one coming off a long injury, uh, volatile character, uh, who had a very who had a brilliant connection with Drew Brees. Now, obviously, Thomas, particularly in um, not PPR leagues, is sometimes not as effective just because he's not a touchdown machine as much as he is a reception machine, but um, he's usually very reliable. I'm not sure with the change at quarterback, the Saints are generally seen as a dwindling power, I guess. They've lost a good bit of their appeal. Um, he's he's ranked nine, ninth wide receiver at the moment in ADP. Um, I don't think he'll be quite that high. Yeah, no, I mean, he's definitely one of the hardest ones that I was ranking whenever we did our receiver rankings, just because like, we talked about it then, just the unpredictability of next year. Who's the quarterback? Uh, like, is it going to be Jameis? Like, as we, as we just said with Jameis, it could be great with Jameis. He could be the top wide receiver, get some of the top scores ever as a wide receiver in fantasy. But it could also go the other way of being just absolutely horrendous for where you're drafting him as the ninth receiver, as you said. Certainly, he's uh, 
there's a, just such a wild card element to that team now. Um, and Dries, Dries was just so accurate, wasn't he? I mean, it was Drew Brees. Well, again, the most accurate in history. The most accurate in the history of the league. Um, and that's what Thomas Adolf, because as I said, he's not, his major attribute isn't a red zone threat. And if you're talking about accuracy, going from Brees to Winston is, uh, <laughs> is quite the difference. So, and he's not, you know, he's a slot receiver as opposed to a deep threat. And Winston obviously likes the deep threats more. So, um, I'm not sure that's as good a quarterback receiver match, or it's certainly not as good a, a quarterback receiver match as it was with Breeze. Not exactly, yeah. It's a good show as well. Yeah, definitely agree. Thanks, thanks, guys. <laughs> Got to give you some praise for them. Yeah, appreciate that. All right, well, go on to my wide receiver bust, which again, it might be might be another sort of surprising one, but it is Justin Jefferson. Um, so he's being currently drafted at the very start of the third round. Now, I will admit this was a tough one for me. I think I'm just my main point is just going to be around regression because it was very hard to find any negatives. Uh, like he did have an absolutely unreal season last year with 88 receptions, 1400 yards, and seven touchdowns, and was the wide receiver six last year. Again, with a year without the hardest year, arguably in the NFL, without any OTAs or anything. Um. But saying that he did have, it was a bit of a sort of mixed season in terms of big games and like, well, bust games. He had six out of 17 games below 10 points. Uh, so that's, that is a bit concerning. Uh, sorry, 16 games. So uh, he did have a lot of games where he just wasn't really helping your fantasy team too much. And I just don't see how you can possibly improve on 1,400 yards next year. Uh, so I see that dropping down. Um, he also got 125 receptions or targets, which with Adam Thielen there, I don't see going up any further. And seven touchdowns, I feel is pretty high already. So, and Adam Thielen is the main red zone target there. So, I just think next year is going to be regression for him. Um, and the main point of thing is that he's going ahead of established players, such so as you say, like Michael Thomas. I probably would take a risk of Jefferson over Thomas. But then there's other ones like Keenan Allen and Allen Robinson, who I think I would definitely. <sighs> It's hard to say. It depends if you want the upside, but I'll probably go with them on the safer side than Jefferson. I still can't believe that every single year Keenan Allen is not going until like the fourth round in drafts. Oh, I know. It's They're sleeping on our guy. <sighs> it's just ridiculous. <laughs> How many years does he have? To... It's the same as Robert Woods for so many years. He's constantly finishing top 12. Yeah. Yeah. Just and barely... nobody is drafting until the fifth round. It's... Yeah, well, I mean, with the massive bust that uh, Herbert's going to be this year, then you probably don't want to. You don't want to draft him. Jesus, I don't want to do anymore. This is fucking. <laughs> this guy. All right, I'm sticking with him. I'm going out. <laughs> but I mean, like, the only point you can hang your hat on is it might not be as spectacular a season as last year, which is what it was. But. If he doesn't exactly match that, just if he doesn't hit those numbers exactly, it doesn't mean he's a bust. Okay, if he if he's considerably lower, then yes. But if he's around the same again, just slightly lower, I don't think you can consider that a bust, can you? No, not not really. Like if he does repeat the same numbers, then that would be great. But I just I, I feel like the numbers will drop off a lot. Uh, I think the sort of hype form started really tailing off to or started building up towards the end of last season, and it just made him even more like the focal point of the offense. Um, so I just I think if another year teams haven't watched him and sort of see what he does, I think he could just regress a wee bit. Yeah, so who knows? All right, well we'll get on to our final position then, which is tight end. So Craig, do you want to start us off again? 
Yeah, and it's not going to be a long explanation here. It's Logan Thomas, who's currently ranked as the eighth tight end in fantasy. And simply put, there's just far too much change happening in Washington that I just can't put any faith in them. There's a new quarterback with Fitzpatrick. Curtis Samuel's been added. Adam Humphreys has been added. And everyone's tightened that Gibson's going to be getting more work with the running back. So I just don't see him getting the production he got last year. And that's pretty much it. That's all I have for it. I mean, it kind of came out of nowhere as well, was the thing. Like, no yeah. one was really looking at drafting him at the start of last season. He just started putting up some points and then got better and better as the season went on. Um, but I think it's kind of, like, ramped up as Washington were sort of pushing for their, um, like, their playoff spot. Although, I, re- I really feel they need to actually decide on the team name because it's getting ridiculous when you read football team against Cowboys. Like, the Washington football team? Yeah, it's just ridiculous now. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think, as you said, there's so much unknown about Washington that um, it's hard to project him being that efficient. Now, what I will say, he's not going to hurt you if you draft him in the redraft leagues because you're going to get him round 13, 14 anyway. So it's not like you're putting much capital into it if he's even being drafted at all. So, but uh, he's still ranked inside the top 10. That's why I threw him in there. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, I think there's some better upside with other tight ends who probably get around that region. I think Kosicki's actually ranked 11th and I'd 100% be drafting Kosicki over. Yeah, exactly. There is there is a lot there. Although, Dolphins are a bit hard on the region. They're still weird one and I'm less comfortable in Kosicki than it was months ago. But. Yeah. All right, well, I'm curious to see who you've gone for your tight end, boss, Michael. <laughs> uh, this is the, the most sure thing you can ever imagine. <laughs> I've gone for uh, Andrew Bradley of the Belfast Knights American football franchise <laughs> I knew this was coming. <laughs> just awful just awful don't like anything about him shit attitude shit face none of his teammates seem to be a fan of him can't catch can't run can't tackle can't block I just think an incredibly low ceiling but he'll still seep below the floor <laughs> and uh, find a way it's going to be difficult but he'll find a way to underwhelm yeah, I mean, I'll, I hear you. It's going to be a massive disappointment this year, you know. So we'll just still have to where are you? Where, 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 where are you on the tight end depth charts? Uh, I'm, I'm sort of. Uh, I'm not. I'm not starting. Let's put it that way. But you're fourth. Say, just say it. Then you're fourth. <laughs> He's, on IR, fourth. Fair. He's on the IR. To be fair, He's on the IR. You're on IR, and you're not even injured. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what are your stats for the season? Uh, zero for zero for zero. The minute. Bust, told you. Bust. <laughs> yeah, I'll certainly can't argue against that. Oh, shit. <laughs> Craig, what do you think about that player then? What, sorry? What do you think of that player? <laughs> no, I think Michael's assessment's pretty good so far, yeah. yeah He's a well, load of old good. shit, is what he is. Straight up fact. Extremely, I can tell you this is a fact. He's extremely unpopular within the dressing room. <laughs> The fans aren't doing keen on him either, so. Oh, he's a piece of work. I can't wait. Cannot wait to witness his demise on the field. I will be there laughing and laughing and laughing. (laughs) Oh, jeez. I I don't really know how to how to follow up on that (laughs) with my boss anyway. So, Uh, well, I'll I'll wrap this up quickly anyway. My my boss for the year, which I mentioned before in our tight end rankings, was Robert Tunyon. Uh, I was say really like I'm, I'm a Packers fan, but I really don't like. Well, it's not that I don't like him. I think he's good, but I just don't like the lack of um 
lack of targets. He was kind of getting his tight end. If I'm drafting tight end, I want to know that they're getting a good amount of targets. And he just, I think he only got 59. And whenever Adams was out, he didn't get any touchdowns really, which was what he really relied on last year. Um, so yeah, I just I, I see Robert Tonyan. I think he's currently being drafted as the tight end ten, um, but he only had a twelve percent target share in his team. So it's something I just don't buy into. If nothing for him, yeah, pretty much. If he does go wrong for him, he should get into the crisp business and start selling a brand called Tonyan Rings, <laughs> <laughs> and then branch out to cheese and cheese and Tonyan. <laughs> Uh, you're on fire today, Michael. Well, just you got to start thinking about these things. It's a, a short career. Yeah, I mean, if you ever, if you ever, uh, you know, leaves the NFL, there's a vacancy going at the Knights, so you can always uh, jump in there. Yeah, or you, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You might, you might, might come in as tight end five, but <laughs> I'm sure he'll he'll jump up the rankings. Yeah, he'll jump up the rankings swiftly. Yeah. <laughs> Right, well, we'll wrap it up there. With our, that's our busts for uh, the upcoming season. All right, well, that was a very interesting episode. <laughs> Didn't expect to be getting uh, called out there, but uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she did. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, I did. Here, tell me when you're next playing. Uh, <laughs> next, game, next game is the 18th of July, so if you want to come and watch... Uh, Watch me be a bust, but then you're more. Yeah, if you if you promise you're gonna play, I'll fucking come. Yeah, for sure. I feel Where like is start it? Start getting start getting sponsors for this uh this podcast soon with the amount of uh, mentions they're getting. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, well, exactly. That uh, it's at Malone. If you wanna if you wanna come and watch, I'll consider it. I will consider. Can I bring a sign? Depends <laughs> what the sign's gonna say. <laughs> All right, I'll get to work on that sign. If he said a sign, <laughs> I'll fucking get him. Sure, about five minutes into the game, I'll probably add Michael ahead of me in the depth chart. So, I assume I'm already there, to be honest. But <laughs> no, it won't be fucking difficult. I've got arms, which will probably put me ahead of you in the depth chart. <laughs> right. Well, before we take any more views, we'll wrap up there. Uh, anything else you want to add, Chris? <laughs> Michael. No. Look forward to watching it. All right. Well, thanks very much for listening, guys, and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Right,